Okay. Hey, everybody. This is James Aaron. Um, I'm an author in AM14. I write with Michael Cooper. And today I'm going to be doing a reading from Vesta Burning, which is our latest book in the Sentience Wars series, Legends of the Sentience Wars. And Vesta Burning is kind of a background story. It's within the overall timeline of the Sentience Wars origins, but it happens before Sentience Wars Solar War One begins. So if you've been following the story of the Sykes family, uh, which took place in Sentience Wars origins, there were a few threads that needed to be finished up. And this book does a bit of that and then also kind of sets the table for uh, Solar War One, um, which is going to be coming out soon. So uh, we, I want to, I think we're aiming for March for a um, a release date on that, but we'll have more info. So what I want to read today is from the first chapter um, of Vesta Burning. It's called Test Dummies, and it's about a test flight that two Mars One Special Ops soldiers undertake, and. Uh, it also introduces our main character, or one of our main characters, Ty Fisk, who is a, uh, a new character to, to the world. So, so here we go. Test dummies. Um, also, I want to apologize. I don't have the fancy backdrop that Michael has for his readings. If you didn't uh, check out his reading from last week, he read from OutSystems. So definitely take a look at that. Um, instead, I'm hiding out in the, our nursery for our daughter. It's the one room in the house that is the most quiet because she's not in here yet. So <laughs> please forgive the, uh, the various baby things in the background and just focus on the, on the stars, which are right, right over there. Um, all right, so I'm James Aaron. I'm gonna be reading from my novel, uh, Festa Burning, and this is chapter one in the book, Test Dummies. Stellar date, March 13th, 3011, adjusted years. Location. High orbit, Mars One ring. Region, Mars, Marsian Protectorate, Inner Sol. On the execute command, the transport's interior lighting went dark, and there was a 10-second wait as the cabin bled internal atmosphere. Sergeant Ty Fisk waited, checking the status monitors on his HUD as the space around him became vacuum. With internal pressure equalized, the side cargo door slid open, on bright black space. Sitting across from Ty was Sergeant Manny Hesteros, also of the Mars One Guard Special Ops Division. They had been assigned to test duty for the last 30 days. Today was stress testing a high capacity personal thrust harness. It had been cake duty. Ty gave Manny a thumbs up. You ready? Last one back by his first round, Manny shouted as he launched out the open door. Damn it. Ty kicked off the bulkhead and cleared the door and was instantly surrounded by the magnitude of open space. He glanced back to watch the transport shrinking behind him, then activated the thrust harness, checking the pre-programmed flight plan. By the numbers, Manny would beat him by three minutes based on the jump time alone. Rolling, Ty turned to find the silver gray expanse of the Mars One ring shining below him with the greenish haze of Mother Mars beyond. From this distance, the ships and drones approaching the ring flashed like bits of glitter as they reflected sunlight. As far as Ty knew, he and Manny wore the same test units, 
However, he had suspected since the beginning that the researchers were testing them against each other. While Manny had a lead on him, it was possible Ty might be able to push his unit harder, or it might just explode. As special ops, they were both equipped with thousands of implants and upgrades, including the onboard Caprice NSAI unit, enhanced link capabilities, and civilian memory suppression, all of which should have provided improved focus and response times, but they still managed to glitch during combat. Under normal conditions, they could both withstand G-forces capable of crushing the average human. These new harnesses turned them into human missiles, human attack platforms that could hit a target and infiltrate rapidly, the equivalent of the Heartbridge ship killers that had been so effective against Marsian ships in previous battles. The problem with the ship killers was their dependence on weapon-borne or other SAIs. So the Guard wanted a human alternative. Not that Mars was exactly anti-AI, but Marsians were always pragmatic. Generations of hard lessons on the surface of Mars had taught them to hedge their bets. The ring swelled rapidly as Ty gained velocity, tracking Manny on his HUD. You're gonna lose him, lover, Caprice purred in his ear. He ignored the NSAI. While Caprice had her uses, he found her tacked-on intimacy annoying. He had requested several times during his career to have her personality dialed back, but the maintenance techs always gave him the same excuse. Caprice protects your sanity. One helpful tech had gone so far as to tell him, they took your past, man. Caprice keeps you from falling into that black hole of despair all you spec ops complain about. No past, no future, only now, only the mission. Without Caprice, you'd be a robot. Ty didn't believe that. At least the NSAI shut up when he asked. He also didn't dwell on, me on his memory suppression as much as others did. Some spec ops acted like they'd had an arm amputated. He couldn't say why, but he thought of his past, but the thought of his past only filled him with dread. The fact that his active memory started with a med bay and spec ops in processing helped him feel light, lean, ready to fight. His thoughts rarely got in the way of the mission. Ty growled at Caprice. Why don't you adjust my telemetry so I can catch up? Then I'd be doing your work for you. The test is monitoring your control of the new harness. So you shouldn't even be talking to me. She sent a mental pout. I wish you loved me like all the other soldiers do. Ty's Caprice had long ago dropped the pretense that she was unique to him, which he supposed was just another protocol to stroke his ego and corral errant thoughts. You get all the love you need without me, Ty said. He increased his thrust output. They were entering a more congested layer of traffic, and he shot past a line of drones on their way to some cargo drop behind him. He rolled, enjoying the increased sense of motion as he accelerated relative to the drones and cargo containers nearby, which appeared and were gone in seconds. He closed on Manny, who had been forced to break when a passenger vessel shifted into his flight path. Manny says the sweetest things to his caprice. Stop talking, Ty said. He completed a series of course adjustments as he approached Manny. Every indicator in Ty's HUD was shifting from yellow to red as he maxed thrust. Manny, on the other hand, was reducing speed as they neared the hulking ring. More moving objects became visible as they approached until Ty had to filter layers of activity from his HUD. 
His friend's flight path flattened, no longer taking risks to maintain his lead. That was very much unlike Sergeant Hesteros. Manny, Ty called, you all right? System's giving me some false readings. I'm fine, adjusting now. As Ty came alongside his friend, Manny abruptly shot forward on a vector that didn't look at all planned. His control system is malfunctioning, Ty told Caprice. Track him and follow. Hey, Tiger, the NSAI said. You don't want to upset the testers now. Ty was well aware that one of them was supposed to beat the other to the end point on the ring. But with Manny in danger, he wasn't sure he cared. Screw the testers, he said. This is an emergency. Send the notification and get after him. Mm, I like it when you're so rough. The NSAI did as ordered and sent the emergency signal, simultaneously throwing Ty in the same direction as Manny. His experimental thrusters ramped to full output, suit constricting around his body with the increased G, pulsing like a snake tightening its coils. Watch the groin area, he told Caprice. You're doing that on purpose. She laughed. Suit integrity systems are following protocol. It's not my fault you're experiencing increased blood flow to those areas when you hear my voice. The edges of Ty's vision blurred as he stared at Manny's icon on his HUD. The mottled wall of the ring filled Ty's face shield, and he couldn't look away as his suit hardened in response to the increased velocity. He had effectively become a missile. Manny shot away from the ring, changing course in a zigzag pattern, guaranteed to have knocked him unconscious. Manny, Ty called. You there? No answer. Ty checked the vital signs fed to him from his squad mate's suit and found him alive, but unconscious. He's never living this down, Ty thought, grinning to himself. Manny's suit continued to accelerate. He was headed for open space now, on a flight path taking him directly into a drone shipping lane. Manny's suit sent back additional biodata, which now indicated that rapidly increasing G-forces were affecting his internal, his internal organs. He was going to turn into jelly inside his EV suit. Ty sent another emergency alert back to the control station. What are you guys doing back there? He shouted on the command channel. Don't you see he's about to get killed? I don't have any traffic on the command channel, Tiger, Caprice said. Ty gritted his teeth as the increasing pressure on his own body resulted in a headache. Command must be down. That's the problem. What can you do to take control of his harness? Hold tight, soldier. I'm... Caprice's voice seemed to, dis... seemed to distort. Inside his mind, Ty experienced what he could only call a hiccup. The starfield surrounding him shifted, seemed entirely different for a second. Am I having a stroke? He could have adjusted to the visual change, but a swell of emotion struck him like a hammer. He was terrified, and he was falling, falling away from everything. Ty's heart slammed in his chest. He blinked away tears, fighting the overwhelming sensation that he was going to fly away into space, lost from somewhere he longed to be. We don't have administrative access to Sergeant Hesteros's command net, Caprice said, dropping the purr to sound more like an NSAI. Ty blinked, barely hearing her. He shook his head to get control of himself. He knew where he was and what he was doing. It was Manny who might disappear in the dark, not him. He had control.
Emergency protocol, Ty said. You need to stop his thrust control. Are you all right, soldier? You're getting all hot and bothered. Has something changed? I'm fine. Get control of his suit. Use the local maintenance net. The stars around him had realigned properly, but the fear hung on like claws in his mind. Ty slowed his breathing, focusing on the problem in front of him. Emotion had nothing to do with his actions. Still, the sensation of loss hung in his mind. Attempting, Caprice replied. The NSAIs drop into terse operational speech helped Ty focus. He took a deep breath and stretched his neck inside the helmet, squinting at his display. Ty watched Manny's icon on his HUD as it moved at an ever-increasing speed. It was becoming apparent that Ty wasn't going to catch up without blacking out himself. Life-saving protocols activated, Caprice said. Manny's icon went from flashing green to red, his acceleration slowing as the thrusters stopped. Even so, his velocity had dropped only slightly, and he was still headed for the shipping lane where cargo drones shot past like steel bludgeons. Get me there, Caprice, Ty said, throat tight. I don't want to hurt you, lover. I told you not to call me that, she chuckled. It's my protocol. You don't want me breaking protocol, do you? Caprice's guidelines were the last thing Ty cared about right now. I want you to save Manny. I can't do that if it means harming you. You were just harping on protocol. You have an override protocol. Caprice made a pained noise. The debate became pointless as Manny's velocity fell off dramatically. The emergency status switched off, and he now appeared on the HUD as a transport drone. What? Sergeant Fisk, you there? The command net was live again. Control status flooded Ty's link. What the hell happened, he demanded. Bug in the communication stack. We found it and made the correction. Ty bit down his anger. You almost killed Hysteros. He's fine. We'll get him back in. He's not fine. I don't have biostatus anymore. We've got it, the cool voice said. Watch yourself, Sergeant. Command protocol still applies. The tester was telling Ty to shut up in a kind way. Everything about the test was recorded, including any insubordination on his part, and he was already flagged as impulsive by nature. External control took over his suit, and he went limp as the HUD showed the new vector, taking him back to the transport, which had moved in closer to Mars One. Relax, Fisk, the controller said, not unkindly. I've got his BIOS. He's doing fine. Besides, you need to get your head on straight. You've got a mission briefing when you get back. Another flight task? Ty asked, leaving the frustration in his voice. Nope. Tactical. Looks like you're going to Vesta. Ooh, Tiger, Caprice said. I love a vacation. Ty switched his suit control to Caprice and forced himself to relax as the thrusters lit. He closed his eyes against the pressure, focusing on the sensation of breathing, pushing all thoughts out of his mind. Still, the mixture of adrenaline and fear from before made it difficult to focus. Something had changed. End of the chapter. All right. Well, if you uh, if you dug that, please check out the book. Um, I hope to do some more readings in the future, and I think in general we're going to try and do more readings. Um, 
we'll get Lisa Richmond in here as well to maybe read um, some of her work. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Um, I will see you next time. All right, bye.